1: Building a culture, this is where the culture has to be yours. You need to believe it, you need to sell it, and you need to demand it. The culture at Ohio State, I always had a vision and a dream that we would play fearless. We have three parts of the culture. The number one is, four, it's uh, called relentless effort. The sound bite is four to six, A to B. That's the length of a play, and everybody has a point A and point B. You go as hard as you can. The number two is called competitive excellence. And that's a John Woodism, and that's I want you to embrace we're going to work harder than anybody else in America and then the final piece is it's called power of the unit and it's love the greatest form of motivation is the brotherhood you have to walk in every meeting as if you're coaching Tom Brady because if you go in there ill-prepared and babble Tom Brady will shoot you down football is about love it's about toughness and it's about team
0: and now move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks
1: What's up, everybody?
0: Welcome to Move the Six, presented by Castrol Edge. DJ Bucky with you, and we have a, uh, a fun episode today, a special episode, because we got some big news this morning, Buck. Yeah, big news.
2: It's, it's really looking like Urban Meyer is about to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so for us, it's something that we've talked about for a long time. Uh, Urban Meyer is a proven program builder. He's a guy who has a tremendous amount of success at the collegiate level. And even though he's making a transition from the college game to the pro game uh, and having multiple conversations with him
0: over the years just really believe in the culture builder that he is so what we're going to do on today's episode we're going to talk here at the top about what we think about this fit how this is going to work out and then we're going to throw to some sound uh from the from the two interviews we've done with urban meyer on move the sticks with some other key topics including you know what a championship culture looks like what he looks for in a quarterback um talking about how he's going to be in front of the room, the importance and what that will look like with the Jags. We can now kind of take everything we've learned from the past and kind of project it into the future there uh, with Jacksonville. But I'll I'll give you the first word on this, Buck. Do you you like the move uh, for Jacksonville? And and what do you expect? I love the move for Jacksonville. I love the move because the move gives them
2: um, a program builder, a culture builder. There are certain situations where you need a play caller um, to kind of refresh and retool program and there are other things where you need a complete rebuild a a complete change of culture and i know we talk about that word being overused and kind of misappropriated but i think it's really applicable here because in jacksonville when you have lost as much as they've lost in recent years there's a i mean a lack of confidence around the building there's a lack of maybe i would even say self-esteem around the program and you need to build that up and the best way you can build that up is to have someone walk in, not only full of confidence, but full of, um, I guess, knowledge of how to do this. And so because Urban Meyer has done it, and I know everyone will point to Ohio State and Florida, but I think the bigger things to me, because he was able to do it at Bowling Green and at Utah, I think his ability to do more with less really applies in this situation, because everyone thinks it's about acquiring the best players and all that other stuff. And it is, but it's also about developing players and putting the pieces of the puzzle together so you can have the best team. I think his experience should serve him well in this in this situation.
0: Yeah, I like it. And you know, I, I know you said you're going to write about this, and we've been talking about this for a little while. It feels a little bit like Jimmy Johnson going to the Cowboys. And somebody, I put that on uh, on Twitter, and somebody wrote back and said, yeah, but the Cowboys had a history of, of championships in their organization. I'm like, yeah, not under Jerry Jones, they didn't. That was Pat <laughs> and Tom Landry and company. This was a whole <laughs> new era of Cowboy football, which they had not done very well. So this, this to me, um, made sense for them to, uh, to go in this direction. They've got the Cowboys had Troy Aikman already in place, right? When Jimmy came there. No,
2: that was his first pick.
0: Was that, was that Jimmy? That was Jimmy's first pick was Troy. Yeah.
2: Jimmy's first pick was Troy Aikman. They, won, they, they
0: were 1-15 all- that first year. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 1-15, they had four straight losing seasons prior to Jimmy Johnson. They get yeah. Troy Aikman, they get 1-15, but then, you know, we talk about the Herschel Walker trade. You get a boatload of
0: picks. They hit on that. They go one and 15, seven and nine. And then the dynasty took place. So, yep. So you've got a similarity there. And the uh, this Jags team with all these picks now, they don't have the Herschel Walker trade, but they come, I think, what, for the top 65 buck? Is that what it yeah. is? For the top they, 65, like a hundred million in cap space, potentially. Yeah. So, and you've got, I mean, you've got options with those. You know, I would assume first pick, you're going to take your quarterback. But after that, you could always trade back and get more picks next year and do whatever you want. You got a lot of flexibility there. So, so that to me gives you a chance to build what we've said. Urban Meyer needs to go someplace with a young roster um, and kind of build it from the ground up. Him going to a veteran established team, I don't think would make as much sense. Uh, but he's got a chance to craft this thing and build it however the heck he wants. So, that to me is interesting. And then look at the landscape of this division. You've got um, Indianapolis who could Mm -hmm. be in a situation where their quarterback retires. So that's a little bit of a reboot there. You've got Tennessee who more than likely is going to lose their offensive coordinator. So they've got a little uh, turnover there. And then Houston, I don't want to use the word dumpster fire, but it ain't great. It's not great. The the, the uh, relationship there between their quarterback and their organization is not good. They don't have draft picks. Um, It's in a little bit of turmoil down there in Houston. So, man, I think this is the right opportunity for this organization to really try and build something special.
2: You know, I think it is the right time. And I think also his preferred style of play works well in that division. And even though he's not the offensive play caller, or whatever, he has a vision for how his teams play. And if you go back and I mean, you go back to Bowling Green, but my first exposure to him was at Utah. We know how physical those teams were in Utah. I remember stepping on the practice field and watching those guys. Oh, yeah. And he had Alex Smith and Paris Warren and some of those other guys and how physical they played. And I watched them play a Texas A&M team that came into that building. I think it's Rice-Eccles Stadium and absolutely yeah. got drummed because they physically beat them up. And then you watch him take that same plan and go to Florida and do the same stuff and then what he was able to do in Ohio State. So you're going to see a very physical Football team, you'll see a young football team that he will develop. And the beautiful thing about inheriting the Jacksonville situation is I was in Jacksonville when Tom Coughlin was there. And the reason why Tom Coughlin initially had success is because when you have a bunch of young players that are coming right out of college, they don't know any better. And right. so if you come in with a collegiate style program that may entail more work or the grind or whatever well, that's all you've ever done in in college. And so it's easy to get younger guys to buy into that than older players who are kind of set and settled in their ways. And so having a clean slate, having a young roster that does have some emerging players, I think that is really, really appealing to them. And I don't think it hurts having the number one overall pick and a guy like Trevor Lawrence sitting right there where you can start from day one and think about this as a five-year process to get this program up and running.
0: You know who had a great day here is uh, is the ticket department because I would imagine ticket uh, yeah. sales already. I mean, we talked about it. The, the excitement that you tell me about, the excitement just with them having the number one overall pick. Now you take it up to a whole nother level.
2: Yeah. Th- and this is a combination of a few different things. Like the Trevor Lawrence thing really sent the ticket sales through the roof when I talked to my, my people down in Jacksonville. But now remember, Jacksonville is only a, like a, a a stone's throw away from Gainesville. I mean, literally. It's a, yeah. So you think about the success and people will always point to, well, oh, he left it in a bad situation. But the one thing I know, the Florida Gators have not hoisted the crystal ball or the trophy since he left. And so yeah. there's a faction of fans that remember how successful he was. And so Jacksonville has a collegiate feel to the town. It's a small market. It is very similar to what I would say Buffalo in Green Bay. And so you have a rabid fan base that is desperate for a winner. And because they haven't seen a winner in a long time, what Urban Meyer's arrival does, it gives them hope.
0: No doubt. Um, well, let's get to it here. Let's get to some of the uh, the answers to these questions we had for Urban Meyer when he joined the show um, over the last couple of years. We've had him twice. So the first one I want to get to here is a, a conversation we had. We got a chance to ask him about what a championship culture entails so here's uh, here's his answer to that question
1: well it's a lot of work it's something that I think is one of the most overused words in of the English language I don't think people understand it to say that I really did I did not uh, as a young coach and I think culture is everything and I actually talk quite a bit on that we teach a class in leadership and so for example, uh, culture to me, I know there's many definitions culture to me is what does your product or what does your team? What does your organization look like? What does it feel like? And what does it act like? And not necessarily when you're winning by 40 points against FAU. It's what, what's it look like in a rivalry game? What's it look like and feel like and act like on fourth down and two you know, or in the stock market turns upside down, you know, and and culture is it's got to be the vision. Uh, of the CEO or the man, the head coach. And you can't really, very, you can't waver on your culture. So I think it's, it's you, you look at all successful programs. I think that's one of the reasons why Ohio State is so successful. We built a culture that survives adversity, that survives uh, early entry in the NFL draft, a coaching change. And I think culture is essential to, you look at the Patriots and you can say, boy, they got a great coach. They got a great, you know, great players. Absolutely. That's true. But name someone who doesn't have a great coach and a great player in the NFL. They're all great. Mm-hmm. The thing that makes the New England Patriots unique is their culture developed by Bill Belichick is survives transition of players, survives injuries, and it's culture.
2: Every place that you go, do you build the culture a little differently based on what the history of the program is? Or is it something that is in you that you have a core set of things that you believe in and the program kind of follows to that?
1: Well, a, what a great question. And uh, I appreciate you asking because these are, by the way, you guys are great. These are real. Sometimes I do interviews and it's like a clown show. You know, <laughs> this is this is really good stuff. We're trying to learn. So, Coach. so building a culture, this is where the culture has to be yours. First of all, respect what was there before. However, and I, this, I'm i going to give you a, a speech, it's you need to believe it. You need to sell it and you need to demand it. So believe it. It has to be an objective truth. For example, if I walked in a place and I said, if we throw for more yards, then the other team will win. That's a lie. That's not true. You know, the culture at Ohio State we built. I can go through it with you is all. It's time tested. It's built on objective truths. It's built on history. It's built on experience, and I can share that with you at the end. Then you have to sell it. We're in a world right now that back when I played, your coach said, do something. You did it. Not now. You have to sell it over, and we use social media. We use messaging, constantly selling our culture. And then there reaches a point with your staff and your players that you have to demand it. And if you're not living under our culture, you have to leave. And so it's believe it, sell it, demand it. The culture at Ohio State, I always had a vision and a dream that we would play fearless. And I've worked at so many places where the players were scared to make mistakes. And so my first part, we have three parts of the culture. And number one is, four, it's uh, called relentless effort. The soundbite is four to six, A to B. That's the length of a play. And everybody has a point A and point B. You go as hard as you can. If you make a mistake, no problem. But that's a soundbite that I know our players had constantly going through their mind during the course of the game is, I don't care if I make a mistake. You know, you go as hard as you can. And I've had... Uh, You know, I've been criticized. Some of our teams have had penalties over the years, and I would be okay with penalties as long as it was non-effort related. Now, stupid penalties I had a problem with, but if you're going to go as hard as you can, you can't say, but don't make any mistakes because then a players in conflict. The number two is called competitive excellence, and that's in John Woodenism, and that's I want you to embrace we're going to work harder than anybody else in America, and I don't want you to complain about it. I don't want you to worry about it. You know, I tell them at recruiting that you are going to be rewarded in the NFL most likely and we're going to win. Just do what we ask you to do. It's going to be the most miserable, hard stuff you've ever done, but embrace it. And then the final piece is, it's called power of the unit. And the greatest form of, I use the word inspiration instead of motivation because motivation is short-lived, inspiration is long-lived and sustains, and it's love. The greatest form of motivation is the brotherhood. And that's used in the special forces that used in the best forms of corporate America and the best teams and the best units are those that love each other and care about each other. So that's the culture of Ohio State.
2: It's funny hearing him talk about that and talk about different spots and how you come in. But I think the one thing that is apparent is that you absolutely understand that. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he wants and what he's going to demand from his team. And I think it's, it's really, really important. It's important when you're building a program to, to have a plan, to have a blueprint, to know when you need to deviate from it. But I think the one thing that you get from those conversations, he knows exactly how it's done. And when he mentioned a tried and true, a proven formula, I think that's really, really important.
0: Yeah, sometimes I think we can look at things and say, is this the right plan or the wrong plan? I think the important thing is you have a plan. Um, and he has a map. He has a plan of what he wants it to look like. Now, we'll see. Is it all going to work? Um, and we're both optimistic about it. we None of us know. We don't know for mm-hmm. sure. But I do know he goes in there with a map and, a, and and a plan here for what he wants the Jacksonville Jaguars to look like. So we'll see how that all comes together.
2: Yeah, it's funny because having having played in Jacksonville and been associated with the Jaguars for a long time, I can tell you when Coach Coughlin came in, when Tom Coughlin came in with that collegiate field, he did have a plan, and the one thing I can give him credit for is he built a winner. This was a, t- a franchise that was very, very competitive under his watch, uh, went to playoffs, and it was a hardworking franchise that was tough and detailed and disciplined and all those things. I think – with Coach Meyer going back or coming in, I think he would put in a, a a program or a culture that's similar, but in his own image. And I think it's important because I think the fans around Jacksonville certainly understand what it looks like when it's been successful. And I think the familiarity of that collegiate feel will 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 encourage a lot of people that support the franchise and the team.
0: Well, we talk about culture. There's a something else that's going to be very important and instrumental to his success. Um, and this was the next topic uh, we brought up with Coach Meyer. The, the quarterback position, as you know, is the hardest one for us to scout. Uh, each and every year, you think you've got it figured out and you don't. Um, so I'm always trying to figure out what guys have, have done well and figure out what they're looking for. We've asked all kinds of players, coaches, uh, GMs, et cetera. And I remember I actually listened to one of your, I think it was a post-recruiting press conference and I pulled out my pen because somebody asked you the question about what you looked for in quarterbacks, and I had competitive spirit, toughness, leadership, intelligence, and get out of a bad play. Now, the first four are pretty universal that you hear from a lot of different people. The last one, with the way the game is played today, I thought was fascinating. Can you just kind of expound on that and, and what you have to be able to do to get yourself out of a bad
1: play? Sure. Um, I, the, I feel very strongly about that. We actually did a show on Fox about – uh, that. And it's amazing to me in the NFL that you have all this available information and you make a mistake on drafting a quarterback. That that amazes me. And it's the same thing in recruiting. I get very upset when one of our coaches recruits someone and, you know, competitive, everyone black, white, tall, short, fast, slow, um, from south, from east, from west, you know, all those things don't matter. You know, society wants to believe that matters, uh, those type of things. It doesn't. Can you get your job done and, and do you fit these qualities? So for example, uh, every great quarterback we had was the most competitive guy on the team. The number two thing, he was the toughest guy and you have to be nowadays. You're the face of the program. If you're not tough, don't don't draft him and we shouldn't recruit you. Number three is, are you intelligent? You know, you have to, this is a complex game. You have to not only choreograph uh, 10 guys on your offense, but you have to understand what the defense is doing. Uh, are you lead? Can you raise the level of people around you the play around you uh, if you can't? I know you throw the ball well, but you can't play here because the quarterbacks the most unique position in all the sport You have to be a leader. I've had quarterbacks me, I'm just not vocal coach. I'm not a great leader And I'm like, okay, well, you, I know you throw the ball well, but you're you're not playing you can't play And uh, then the final piece is it's not get out of a big play because it's it's that that, that falls under intelligence It says can you extend a play? And that's going from, mm-hmm. I think, Roethlisberger is one of the greatest I've ever witnessed in the NFL. That son of a gun can make something out of nothing. And every great quarterback, Drew Brees to Russell Wilson to I just was at the Chargers game and watching Rivers. Unbelievable. Uh, his, you know, he's got an awkward throwing motion. Notice I never said anything about their how you throw the ball. There's been how many busts in the NFL of guys that can throw the ball well, but they can't have those other five qualities. And. I feel very strong about that. And I also feel strong about that. The top four in every position we recruit. You can't, this game's too hard and you'll get exposed on, you know, third down or fourth down and two in the third quarter on a bad weather day when you're down by seven, if you don't have those top four qualities. What do you think Buck? I
2: mean, I I think he hit a nail on the head. I think what's interesting. He, he talked about all the qualities and didn't mention any of the physical stuff. It was all about, how the guy's made up and the competitiveness and the toughness and the ability to lead and inspire. And DJ, we have talked about it on the program before the one thing that you look for from a franchise quarterback is, does he give those around him hope? Do you feel like if we give the ball back to QB one, we have an opportunity to win because he'll find a way to get it done. And we don't know what that looks like, but he will find a way To do it. And I think your analogy is the best one that I've heard in a long time. If he was playing pickup basketball with just four dudes, can he find a way to stay on the court? Yep. That's really what it's about. We can talk about all the stats or whatever. Are you a winner? Can you get your team to the winner's circle in spite of the circumstances? That's what I want for my QB1.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I I think a lot of people will will show the image of Urban Meyer sitting in the stands this year for the Clemson-Ohio State game where Justin Fields uh, did outplay Trevor Lawrence in that game. I think a lot of people are going to point to that, and it will create some conversation of, man, could they potentially take him over Trevor Lawrence? And I think people soon forget the year before, if you remember in that game, Mm -hmm. you talked about competitiveness, toughness, and leadership. How about the shot that Trevor Lawrence took um, that thought might knock him out of the game It was a penalty on that one, as everybody knows. Mm -hmm. They come back out onto the field, and the next image I have is of Trevor Lawrence taking off and running for 60-plus yards and then coming back and, and taking over that football game. So to me, I think he checks that entire list off.
2: He absolutely checks that off, and I think when you go back and look at his history, he has only lost four games, I want to say, in his lifetime from high school through college. And I think, man, winners win. And I think there is something to that. And you talked about the toughness. The one thing that I would never question about Trevor Lawrence, we can talk about how he's a generational talent in terms of his ability to throw it. He's a tough dude. And even when it wasn't going right in the game, in the semifinal, when they lost to Ohio State, I never saw him flinch. I never saw him blink. I never saw him stop trying. I didn't see him kind of roll, roll up and say, you know what? I'm going to the draft. So, hey, I'm good, coach. Tap me out. He played to the end, and I think there's something to be said for the toughness and the competitiveness that's necessary to be a high-end winner.
0: Let's stay on the toughness thing because we, we got a couple more uh, bites from him on uh, on just how important that toughness is, especially at the quarterback position.
2: What is it about when you're thinking about Urban Meyer style of ball and the toughness part of it? Why is toughness so essential to being able to win in this game?
1: Well, the game uh, was about toughness years before we entered the scene and I got news years after us, this game, I know there's, you know, spread offenses and, and, uh, what's the other one, air raid and, and all that. And the, the bottom line is that when you start, the objective is to win conference championships. And then the next is to win uh, the ultimate is the national title. And it will never be done unless toughness is part of that team. And toughness to me is fight your injury, fight through adversity you know, toughness doesn't mean a bully. Doesn't mean that I'm going to go take a cheap shot at someone. To me, that's stupidity and that's being a coward. You know, toughness to me is the guy that, uh, is going to run down on kickoff at 22 miles an hour and hit something going the other way at 20 miles an hour. You know, and it's, it's the guys on punt team. It's the guys that the offensive tackles, nose guards, toughness to me and, and coaching to me is getting people, coaching to me is getting people to do the unthinkables, the hard. You know, a guy that can teach a guy how to throw a corner route or catch a touchdown pass, that, you know, Donald Duck can do that. You know, can you teach the toughness and demand the toughness? To me, that's a great coach, and that's got to be a part of your culture because the game will – I got news. I don't mean to disappoint some of these people that think that throwing the ball is the only way to win. You know, I see some of the hires in the NFL, and I see some of the – you know, to me, it's almost a disrespect to the game of football. Football is about love. Yeah. It's about toughness, and it's about team.
0: That is great stuff, Coach. I, you know, I keep hearing the word toughness. When, with the Baltimore Ravens in the scouting department, we um, had speed, toughness, and instincts were the three that we kind of boiled everything down to, and that's what that culture of the Baltimore Ravens has been about forever, and it's no mystery to me that they've continued to win year after year. The players change. It doesn't matter because that's where, they're, uh, where they hang their hat.
2: When you're evaluating quarterbacks, how can you determine if they have the right toughness, the right stuff inside to be the leader of the team and really a, a winner?
1: Well, that's a great I, I agree with how do how do so many people make mistakes me included and in the NFL when you have all that time and resources how do you well he gets enamored by how the guy throws the ball well I got news that's a lot of people throw the ball well what throwing the ball well is not make is, does not make Tom Brady Tom Brady Drew Brees uh, what the reason he the way is is not because he throws the ball well and and the, the Rivers guy uh, he actually doesn't throw. It's an awkward throwing motion, but he's a tough, tough guy, and he's a leader, and he's a competitor. So, uh, the older I got, we made very few mistakes on quarterbacks, and that's because we had set criteria that I would not we would not take you if you didn't fit our criteria. And how do you evaluate toughness? I love the guy like Joe Burrow. I know he, he had all his success after he left us, but he was unrecruited, but we took him because of basketball. He was a maniac competitor tough as nails, under-recruited, and we say, let's take him. JT Barrett is the most glorified, uh, most uh, accomplished quarterback in the Big Ten. Why? Yeah, he's a little underside. He doesn't have the greatest of arm, but he's tough and he's competitor. And uh, toughness is not that hard to identify if you really do your horn.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, a little bit more on the importance of toughness there. I think he he said it quite well there. Uh, Buck, one of the things he's going to have to do now is he's going to have to get in front of an NFL team. Grown men, it's going to be different uh, than the college level. But still, I, I think the importance of, of what you bring to the meeting room is something Urban Meyer definitely understands.
1: You know, this is great. This is great for you, too, as a coach. Uh, Bill O'Brien told me one time, we're talking about coaching Tom Brady, and he said and I, I've been guilty of this, you have to walk in every meeting as if you're coaching Tom Brady. Because if you go in there ill-prepared and babble, Tom Brady will shoot you down. You know, he'll he'll it'll be the most, he'll make you feel like you just wasted people's time. And so many many times as a coach, you're not prepared for your meeting, you dumb it down, and then all of a sudden, and I've done it, I walked out of the meeting so upset on myself that I said that was not a great meeting because something came up and I had to go speak somewhere, I had to go do something. So... Your time in front of that team coach, you can't you can't devalue that. You're gonna impact every meeting. I would look at myself and say, before I went in, I said, I'm gonna change someone's life today. I'll th- this will make, this meeting will be the difference that we beat our rival. And so I, after talking to Tom O'Brien, I would just challenge my coaches all the time. And I'd walk into meetings and say, you know, that was a good one or that was not a good one. And you have to, and I'm challenging you coach as a head coach of the high school. You realize that there's some 16 year old in there, you're gonna change his life. And if you look at that, and you imagine how good that meeting's going to be. Yeah. If you know there's there's four people in that that I'm not only going to change his life on the football field. I am going to make him a better husband and a father today. How, tell me how you're going to react to that. You're going to attack that meeting like it's the last meeting you ever have. I think some people don't look at it that way.
0: Yeah, I think that shows you the intensity and the detail uh, there that you're going to get from Coach Meyer there, Buck. Yeah, I, th- I think the
2: attention to detail is everything. And I think when he stands in front of the team for the first time, I think it is giving him that level of respect, giving him that, that setting the high standards that he wants and making sure that each and every day he stands before the team, that he conveys not only that he knows exactly what he's doing, but he has that confidence. Because coach, to player is much like being a, a, a parent, Your kids are looking to you to kind of set the table and they get their confidence from you and how you handle adversity and deal with those things. And so it's just really important that he sets the table from the jump and each and every day he walks it like he talks it.
0: No doubt. Um, All right. We mentioned briefly earlier about how there's going to be adversity coming his way um, at at the NFL level. And we had a chance to ask him about the the adversity teams have been dealing with this year. Uh, When you think about the pandemic and and all the other uh, the social issues, social justice issues in this country, there's a lot of of things to deal with this year um, in terms of adversity. So we had a chance to ask Coach Meyer about how you overcome that
2: somewhere along the line you have to deal with adversity. And so you talk about being a program builder. What have you learned about helping teams overcome adversity so they can get to the
1: mountaintop? Well, I've been talking about this lately and it's there's a huge difference between motivation and inspiration. Motivation is something that's a and this is just me speaking. There might be some disagreements out there. Motivation is a tool in the toolbox. It's something that's very powerful yet non-sustainable. And the, the qualities of motivation are love, fear, and hate. And as a coach, for example, fourth down and one against a rival in overtime, I'm gonna use them all. I'm looking for just a mm-hmm. short burst, uh, immediate uh, uh, ounce of energy that can get us through this. And I'm gonna use everything. I'm gonna get them to love me. I might get them to hate me. I might threaten their scholarship by the fear. Yet it's not, those are all non-sustainable. You know, love or uh, fear and hate are non-sustainable. However, motivation or inspiration is all about sustainability. It's transformational. And the two qualities of inspiration are love and ownership. And so you talk about how do you overcome adversity? In my mind, there's only one way. You better own it and you better love each other or you're gonna fail. And and all the other things, you know, I, I just got done talking to a team. You know, a team comes out in a new black helmet and boy, they're excited about their new uniforms or their you know, throwback uniforms or the crowd gets behind them and they're playing off. That's a motivated team. That's non-sustainable. That's at some point that's going to fail. The inspired team, the team that owns it and they love each other. Those are the ones you don't want to play because you're in for for a four quarter battle.
0: There's unprecedented obstacles right now for coaches and for programs at the college level and the NFL level. But with those obstacles, also, there's some opportunities there. If you put your head coaching hat on at the NFL level or the college level, what opportunities do you see that exist right now in this unique time that we're living in?
1: Well, adversity, when adversity strikes, which we are in adversity, when you lose a Nick Bosa, we lost Nick Bosa one year. He didn't play the whole season, and we still went 13-1 and went to the Rose Bowl. Uh, when, when adversity strikes, that's when leadership and culture get exposed. And in corporate America, at the end of this virus, whenever this is, you're going to see companies that are bankrupt. You're going to see organizations that fall apart. And it's not because they have you know, bad, they're selling default equipment or whatever. It's because they had a tough culture and tough leadership that didn't survive it. You're going to see college football. Some teams are going to blossom from this. Some teams will come out stronger than they've ever been. Other teams will fold and it's not because of talent. It's because of culture and leader. What is your culture of your organization and how strong is your leadership? And I got just something to add about that. If you can't tell me your culture, then you don't have one. And I Mm -hmm. challenge coaches all the time with that. before I speak to the team or their staff or even in corporate America, if I've given a speech, I'll say, well, tell me what your culture is. And I can tell if it's crickets or they start getting nervous. I often help them to say, you don't have one. Because if your employees are the, you know, if your players can't tell us what's expected, you have no culture. You know, it's you can say it's important, but you don't have one.
0: Yeah, I I think it's he's going to know again, Buck. I don't know. We don't know if it's going to work. We're optimistic that it is going to work. We do know is that there is a plan in place.
2: There is a plan in place. And I think the of all the things that we did in terms of the questions that we asked him, I think that last part of it is essential because everyone is going to wonder because he hasn't lost a lot of games when it gets bad in Jacksonville if he gets off to a three four five game losing streak how is he going to handle it and I think his answer really gives us confidence that he's going to be able to endure he said during adversity your leadership and your culture will be exposed and so I think for him and the reason why I believe this hire was important It was about building a culture, building a program. And so if he builds the right culture, regardless of how it starts out, I think the Jaguars will come out on the other side, and I think they will be better for it because of his arrival and what he
0: gives that franchise. Last thought from me. It'll be interesting to see who he gets on his staff. I think it's important he gets some NFL guys. He might bring some college guys. We'll see if, if he gets Larry Johnson, one of the best defensive line coaches in the country, to come from Ohio State. We'll see if Mickey Moratti will join him, one of the best strength coaches mm-hmm. uh, out there. But he's got to have to get some NFL guys as well. So who does he build on his staff? And then as we look forward to free agency, I think you're going to see a couple former Buckeyes come in there that can echo his message. Guys like Curtis Samuel, who are free agents. Um, we've got Raekwon McMillan. Malik mm-hmm. Hooker is, is out there. Corey Lindsley from the Packers. So I think you'll see him try and bring in a couple guys that can kind of that know him and know his message.
2: Yeah, I think that'd be important, but I think the bigger thing will be and I think Pete Carroll benefited from this when he went to Seattle. His ability to not only know those guys that were Buckeyes but the top players around the country during the recruiting process. He will know them. I think he will bring some of those guys on board because he did get down the road in the recruiting process and they were his kind of guys. I think that fit will be important. Look, man, it, it comes down to player acquisition and player development. I think he will find a way to acquire the right players. And I think the most important part is when they get a chance to get on the grass, can he develop the players? I'm confident that he and his staff will develop the players. And I think you will see a
0: very competitive team in Jacksonville in a few years. Yep. It's going to be fun. We're talking, we just devoted a whole episode to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that shows you it's going to be fun. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, A little, uh, a little insight there into what you can expect with the Jacksonville Jaguars and their new head coach urban meyer uh, i want to thank Nabil for putting this whole thing together today worked really hard had this all ready to roll so appreciate him and all his hard work uh that's going to do it for us today we appreciate you guys we'll catch you next time right here on move the sticks presented by castro Edge.